Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. Stewardship. You know, I've been excited and expectant about different series that we've done in the past, uh, but I've got to tell you that my excitement levels for this series are way up there because it has the potential to be a game changer in your life. So I really am excited. I really am expectant. And, uh, you know, if you can lay hold of the spirit and the principle of stewardship from God's biblical perspective, then you are going to set yourself up for understanding the meaning and purpose of your God-given life and time on this planet. So I really do believe we should pray right now because you know what we need? We all need, we all need a personal encounter with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what we need. We need the Holy Spirit to open up our ears. We need the Holy Spirit to give us eyes to see so that we don't just hear the word, but we see what the word is saying. It was Job who said, God, I have heard with the ears that hear. In other words, I've heard your word before, but now I see what you've been saying all along. And I really do believe that this is a pivotal moment, a game-changing moment in the life of uh, not just your life, but of Gateway Life Church. And so are you ready? Let's pray and ask God for his help. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I simply pray, give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see. Cause, cause there to be a personal awakening that we would see and comprehend what it is that you've given us. That we are truly blessed to be a blessing. I pray, Lord, that as we see it and as we hear it, that we would have the faith to do something about it, I pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, God said to Abraham, He said, I will bless you, Abraham, and you will be a blessing. And God, my church, God has blessed you, and He wants you to also be a blessing. Do you know that? He has already blessed you. He has already blessed you and he wants you to be the blessing. A blessing to who? A blessing to people. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 10, it says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, but especially to those who belong to the family of believers. In 1 Chronicles chapter 4 verse 10, uh, Jabez, it says, catch the, uh, the language, it says that he cried out to God, to the God of Israel. And what did he cry out to God for? He says, oh, that you would bless me. When was the last time you asked God to bless you? Just have a think about that. Maybe reflect on that. When was the last time you came before God and, and cried out and said, oh, God, that you would bless me? You see, the thing about uh, Jabez if you read the whole story, he wasn't asking God to bless him just for his own sake. Let, let's read on. It says that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me 
and keep me from harm so that I will be free of pain. And God granted him what he asked. You see, Jabez, he was not asking for blessing for himself. He was asking that he would be blessed to be a blessing. And this is why he goes on to say and says that you would enlarge my territory. In other words, that you would enlarge my influence to be the blessing because, God, I don't want the blessing just to stop with me. I want it to come upon me and flow through me. And in order for God to increase that blessing, in order for God to open up, uh, increase that blessing and open up the windows of heaven, we need to be good stewards of the blessing that we've already received. We've got to be good stewards. We've got to be found faithful in the little, which is like one of the parables that Jesus uh, talked about so that he can trust us with more. But we've got to be good stewards of what we already have, of our time, our talent, and our treasure. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says, As good stewards of the manifold grace of God, each of you should use whatever gift they have received to serve one another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If you're saved here today, and uh, if you have personally encountered God's you know, mercy and grace and forgiveness, then you are already a steward of the manifold grace of God, because the Bible says it, it is by grace that we have been saved. Many of you know my story, but I just feel in the Holy Ghost that it's, uh, it's a story to share again. And, uh, you know, throughout the ministry, uh, our ministry years, and, and by God's grace, we celebrated 20 years of ministry since planting this church uh, that was celebrated in October last year. Uh, but throughout the years, I've been asked, so, you know, the question has been, so when did you know that you were called into the, into the ministry? Okay, and so they're talking about like the really the position that I'm in uh, today by God's grace. And I always found it a really interesting question. And I, as I would uh, reflect on uh, trying to give a response, I'd think back to uh, a personal encounter and I'd think, no, that wasn't it. Then I'd think back to a conference and think, no, that wasn't it. And or, or prophetic words that I had received. And, and I really struggled to really come up with a very clear answer of when I knew I was called into ministry. And so I kept on tracing it back and back and back and back. And then I realized the day I went into ministry. And it was the day that I got saved. That was the day I went into ministry. You might be thinking, so, so what happened? Did God say uh, on the day that you got saved? Are you saying that God said on that day that I'm going to call you to one day lead a church and plan and do things overseas? The answer is no. You see, what happened on June 18, 1989, as I very, uh, you know, very, uh, I came to the altar, I responded to an altar call, which I'm going to give at the end of my message today, um, to, to give my heart to the Lord and to ask God for forgiveness. And I came forward very, like, lacking a lot of confidence and really, really afraid because I knew that I was a sinner, right? I still know that I'm a sinner. I'm actually more aware of that than ever. But I came forward, you know, lacking a lot of confidence, and I repeated a prayer after uh, Trina's brother, actually, my, my brother-in-law, Scott Simpson. 
And as I prayed this prayer with like a, a little bit of faith, a mustard seed of faith, as I said, God, forgive me of all my sins and come into my life. I give my life to you. What happened next was that the love and the grace, the mercy, the compassion of our Lord Jesus Christ came upon me and just wrapped his arms around me through the Holy Spirit. And I was changed in a moment. Simply because that was what I had always been looking for. I don't know what your story is, but before I came to know Jesus, I was looking for love and for truth in all the wrong faces and in all the wrong places. And I was getting really hungry for something very tangible in my heart, and I couldn't find it on the earth. But when I came forward and, and encountered that love, I thought, oh my gosh. You know, I, I didn't know what to do with this grace that I had just received. I didn't know what to do with it. I was actually a little bit embarrassed because I was crying. I, I thought, How, why am I crying? And, and then I realized uh, after a, a time that there was healing and that God was healing and mending my broken heart. But I didn't know what to do with the grace that I had received. And so... In this particular little church, uh, I went outside and I got, went into the, the toilet cubicles and I got on my knees and I said, God, on this day, the day I got saved, I said, God, what you have just given to me, I want to just be and do the best I can to give what you've just given to me to others. And that was the day I went into ministry. That's the day we all go into ministry. You're all ministers. You know that, don't you? And so that's how it happened for me. And as time went on, I just kept on wanting to get better and better at what I, you know, I never looked to be a pastor. I never looked to, you know, plant churches and do like that. I just wanted to keep on surrendering as God spoke to me. And that's all I've ever wanted to do. You see, freely we have received, freely give. Has God given you something freely? Then it's our responsibility by way of stewardship to freely give that to others unless you don't believe it came from God and you got that yourself, which is an issue. Stewardship, by definition, is the management of the property of another. That's the definition of stewardship. Let me say it again. Stewardship, by definition, is the management or it's to become an overseer of the property of another. In this case, God. Stewardship is taking care of the arrangements for a group or the resources of a community. In this case, this local church. An example of stewardship is the act of making wise use of the natural resources provided by the earth. In Psalm 50 verse 12, God says, If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all its fullness. God is saying that if he was hungry, he wouldn't ask you for one of your fish. He would just eat one of his own if he were hungry. Because God, he is the CEO of it all. Creator, executive, owner. That's my definition. Of every fish in the sea, plant, bird, and animal on the planet. In other words, 
God is saying it all belongs to him. In essence, and in terms of God's property, God is saying, you know your cat? Your cat is my cat. It's his cat. I'm like, if our cat is your cat, God, you can have our cat. It's not, I willingly surrender that cat, not a problem. Now, look, I want to say, listen, listen to me. Uh, it would be a problem for Trina, though. See, that cat, I have never seen a cat love someone more than it loves Trina. It is absolutely amazing. So whenever Trina sits down with her coffee, uh, whenever, whenever the cat sees Trina sit down, it's like the cat comes out of hiding and knows that it's now a safe place to enter. And, and sometimes Trina has to say, no, no, not now, kitty, not now, because she's just sat down with a coffee and the cat's jumping, you know, all over her. But if God asked me for the cat, you know, that would be like an easy surrender. You know, but not my dog Bubba, right? Not my pug dog Bubba. You know, to, you know, metaphorically speaking, we all have cats and dogs, you know, in our lives that where whereby some we find easier uh, to surrender than others. In Psalm 89, verse 11, uh, the psalmist said that the heavens are yours. Listen to this. The earth, come on, catch this. The earth is also yours. The world and all its fullness, you founded it all. It all belongs to him. And one of my prayers today going into this uh, series is this, that we'll get a revelation that if God owns it all, then we don't own any of it. We, we're only stewards of our creative God. That's a great revelation to get. But it comes with it, there's a challenge to that. And there comes with it a responsibility to steward what we have freely, freely received. If you have a diamond, if you have a diamond, guess what? That came from God's coal, from God's earth. Speaking about diamonds, and before we go to a photo... Speaking about diamonds, uh, on behalf of my wife Trina and myself, I am delighted to announce that our baby girl Holly got engaged to John Reeves last Saturday. So we're so, we're so happy and uh, we're so excited and uh, what a beautiful couple. May they be blessed more and more. Amen. Amen. So if you have a diamond, uh, it came from God's coal, from God's earth. The metal that you drove in or rode upon to church today, it came from God's minerals, God's aura, God's earth. The home that you live in, uh, the wood, the stone, the glass, it was all harvested, mined and collected from where? God's earth, which he owns. If you have a pearl... It came about because one of God's oysters got irritated by one singular grain of sand, which also belongs to God. The clothes that we're all wearing today, came, most, in most cases, came from cotton, picked and gathered from where? From God's earth. Everything that we have, it all belongs to God and it's all on loan. And in case we need any assurance today, I want to just turn now to Gateway Word of the Week, which is Psalm 24, verse 1, and it reads, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong 
to him. We don't own anything. Even our souls, the Bible says, will return to him at the end. When we pass from this life to the next, there will come a day. There will come a day when we stand before the judgment seat of God and, uh, you know, God will say to the angel, roll the tape. Because it's all on the tape. Everything we've said, everything we've done. The good news is we can have a good portion of that tape erased and deleted if we come before him humbly and ask God to forgive us of all of our sins and then turn away from wrongdoing. So that is the great news of the hope of the gospel that we have. Now listen, when we truly uh, understand and uh, comprehend this great truth, it gives us a greater appreciation, spiritual awareness, and responsibility to steward our God-given time, talent, and treasure because none of what I have or what we have is ours, but it is ours to steward. God has the ability to supernaturally bless you to be a greater blessing if we'll move from an ownership mentality to a stewardship mentality and comprehend that our life really is not ours, but ours to steward. And that's the revelation. That's the the thing that I pray that we'll get a hold of today, that our life is not mine alone, but it is mine to steward. And the Lord is coming back to settle accounts, as I've already said. And it's really interesting, the story, the parable that Jesus chooses to illustrate what I've just been talking about today, which is this whole uh, spirit of stewardship and how he is looking for a return. If you're, if you're someone if you're someone who claims to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to understand that God is coming back and he's looking for a return. He's looking for fruit and more fruit and much fruit. So what I want us to do, I'm just going to read through Matthew chapter 25, uh, verses 14 to 29. And uh, then I just want to drop one more thought. And uh, then we're going to uh, give someone the opportunity to come back to him. And so Jesus chooses this parable to illustrate what the kingdom of God is like. So let's pick it up in verse 14. Jesus said, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Jesus is actually speaking about himself. He says that the kingdom of God is like a man traveling to a far country. We all know that Jesus, uh, you know, left his throne in heaven and he came down to earth in the likeness of a human being, even though he was fully God. And while he was here, he gave gifts unto men. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To each according to their own ability. And then immediately he went on a journey. He went back to heaven. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them. He used what had been given and he made another five talents. And likewise, uh, they who had received the two gained two more also. But the one who had received one went and dug a hole in the ground and he hid his Lord's money. It's interesting to me that Jesus specifically chooses the word money. 
He could have used any word, but he uses money because I probably think he knows that that is where, you know, just the rubber can hit the road, I guess. But what I also felt the Holy Spirit highlight to me is this third servant, how he went and hid what he had. And it really got me thinking how a lot of Christians really hide their faith. It really, uh, it just really sort of, Uh, spoke to me how a lot of Christians are not using their time. They're hiding their time in the kingdom of God. They're hiding their talents uh, from God. They're not using it for God-given purposes. They're using it for their own means. And then, of course, when it comes to treasure, uh, their, their, their finances, they're using, you know, God-given finances for everything else but the kingdom. And this is one of the beautiful things about freedom. You see, it is for freedom's sake that Christ has come, not only to set us free from, you know, bondage and things like that, but God has given us freedom to choose to do whatever we want to do when it comes to the stewardship of our time. So you spend that however you want, he says. You spend your talents either for yourself or for my kingdom, but it is revealing where your heart is at. And you spend your tithe, you know, your finances on. You've got the freedom to do it. Use it for the devil's kingdom if you want. Spend your finance, your talent, your time in the devil's kingdom if that's what you want to do. Verse 20. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents saying, Lord, you delivered uh, to me five. Uh, Look, I've gained another five uh, besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will now make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Uh, He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said the same thing to him. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will now make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. So can we see that the response is the same for the one who had five and the one who had two? I believe that if the one who had received one used that one talent, that particular one would have got the same response. If the one came back and said, look, I took the one. He only had one thing to do. But now here's another one, and now there's two. Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over one. Now, and so on, and so on. Enter into the joy of your Lord. This is good news. Because what the Lord is requiring of you and me and others, it's not the same, but it is all a stewardship issue. We all have something to contribute, and that's the good news. No one here should say, I don't have the time. If you don't have the time, could it be because you've tied yourself up and become overcommitted with things outside of the church that you no longer have time for the things of God or for the church? Could it be the same with your talents? Could it be the same with your treasure? Lord, I I want to give, but I can't afford it because you know that I've got to pay on a monthly basis for Netflix and Stan and uh, Apple TV. Lord, you, you see my commitments, Lord. You see how I've got to do this and that. And, you know, the Lord's like, that's on you. You need to get wiser uh, and, uh, and become a better steward. So 
the, the thing that I'm trying to say, there's actually no excuses here. We've got to become better stewards of what has been given. And so in verse 24, then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew uh, you to be a hard man, reaping where you had, uh, have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. But look, that which you've given me, here it is, it's yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you already knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have at least deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. Can we see that God is looking for a return? And God went on to say, so take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from them. And so I pray that the Holy Spirit may enlighten God's word to us today. And, and here's my final thought before I give someone the opportunity to respond to Jesus. And I've already said this, but I just want to say it again because I, I really do believe it's so important. You know, there's only one owner. There's only one owner, and that's God. And the rest of us are stewards. There are no other owners. Everything we have belongs to God. We're not owners of anything because God is the owner of everything. And I just want to ask you, are you ready to become a steward? Are you finally ready to become a steward of God's grace, his manifold grace and blessings in your life? Like that, that's a good question to ask. Are you ready to at least take one step moving forward when it comes to your, uh, your time volunteering here at Gateway Life Church in the children's ministry, in hospitality? Like, what are you doing? Or are you just, listen, I'm saying this because I love you and I want you to fulfill your potential. This is about you. Or are you just sitting on your talent and, and burying what God has given you, saying, God, no, I've done that before, been there, done that, you know, and got the certificate. Um, come on now. If you're alive, you've got a, a job to do, and someone is waiting for your blessing. Someone's waiting for your blessing. Someone's waiting for your blessing. Are you ready to steward what God has given you? Are you ready to steward what God has given you? Are you ready to take your next step? I hope so. In John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, we've been talking about how, you know, everything belongs to God. And it says here, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You know, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave. You and I are never more like God when we give. You and I are never more like God when we give.
If you want to be more like Jesus, then give. Give of your time. Give of your time. Give of your talent. Give of your treasure. Now, you know, I'm not saying that I am really, really old. But I am 54 this year. (laughs) I am 50... (laughs) I'm 54 this year. I remember when I was 24. I, you know, my daughters are now 22 and 25. So how did that happen? It's just crazy. Time goes on. I think about, you know, how we were married just, you know, recently uh, 31 years, 20 years in ministry. That 20 years went like that. Does that mean like the next 20 are going to go like that? Will I even be here the next 20? I don't know. Do any of you know like how long you're going to be here? The Bible says that we don't know the day or the hour when Jesus is going to return. No one knows the day and no one knows the hour. No one knows. And none of us know when we're going to go and be with him. None of us know the day. None of us are planning to go. None of us know the day. None of us know the hour. But there will come a time because the Bible says that our days are numbered. And I'm talking like this today, not to be morbid. I'm talking like this today so that we can make the most of the time that we have. That's what I want to see because, you know, some of us are just entertaining the wrong thoughts all the time. We're just entertaining what we don't have, what's wrong with the world, what's wrong with the medical system, what's wrong with the political system. Why don't you come before God and say, God, what bothers you? What's really bothering you, God? Like, what's on your heart? Like, God, I'm your steward. I'm your servant. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that I have to be on the planet. It's not for a a, a long time, but it's for a God time. So how about we just start thinking about the right kinds of thoughts and say, God, what would you like me to do? The truth is, based on today's word, my life is not my own. I might live like it's my own at times and do my own thing, but even that is unwise because there will come a day when I stand before you and books will be open. And then what am I going to say? Oh, I wish I took, I wish I listened to that series on stewardship. I might feel differently standing before God today instead of squandering my time, instead of going here, there, and everywhere and, and not planting myself in the house of God. I'm also talking like this, you see, because you have a purpose. And people in your community, in your workplace, in your school, in your environment are waiting for someone like you to be what God was to you, full of love, grace, compassion, goodness, gentleness, humility, other people-mindedness. That's how I see the church. For me, that's the church. And today is good. You know, coming together is great. And if you can get here, you shouldn't bury, as it were, your time. And if you can get here, you should be here. Um, But then it's about what we do in the community. Okay? And so I just pray that you'll get a hold of it. Are you ready to be a steward? Are you ready to be a steward of God's manifold grace and blessing in your life? If that's you, then I want to pray for you. And uh, again, we've already talked about today that uh, God so loved the world that he gave. 
And if you're a Christian, you're a giver. If you're a Christian, you're a giver. You're not going to miss out. God is no man's debtor. So what can we give God today, do you think? What can we give him? If we're a steward, what can we give him? We can give him our sins. We can give him our disobedience. We can give him our stubbornness of heart. We can give him our excuses. We can give him our rebellion, wanting to do our thing. The only reason why someone will not like a message like this, right? And I'm not saying anyone is. But the only reason why someone would not like a message like this is because they want to do their own thing. And people will actually go and find at times, because it's been, you know, my experience, a church that will tell them what they want to hear. Fulfilling like a, a last day's uh, prophecy saying that many will gather to themselves, teachers and whatever who will tickle their ears, tell them what they want to hear. That's not the church that I want to lead. And plus, I fear God more than I fear you. I love you, but I fear him more than I fear you. Let me pray for you. And then I want to give someone the opportunity to respond today. So Father, we, as I started today, I thank you for ears to hear, for eyes to see, and a courageous heart that will just be willing and thankful for the opportunity that we have to steward God-given time, talents, and treasure. And I pray that each one of us would go from this message today and sit down with a nice cup of coffee or tea and reflect and think about their next steps. With time, how am I going to volunteer this year at Gateway? Where are the opportunities? Where are the, where are the needs? children's ministry, youth ministry, hospitality, host team, giving into the building fund. Lord, I thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And if anyone wants to talk more about, you know, anything that I've chatted today, if you want to discuss your next steps, then come and have a chat with me. I'd be happy to, uh, to help you discover your next steps steps. For the men, I want to encourage you, if you can, be there Wednesday night. Be there this Wednesday night, okay? Make it a priority. Make it a priority. Just remember, men, uh, parents, your children are not going to listen to what you, what you say. They're going to listen to what you do. And so we need to be examples in that area. But now I just want to give someone the opportunity to come back to God and give your life to him. What's one thing that you can give to Jesus? We can give him our sins. Okay? We can give him our faults, which we all have. So if that's you, I would like to lead you in a prayer today. And uh, so if that's you, if that's in your heart, then I'm going to invite you now to pray this prayer after me. Are you ready? Pray after me. Dear Father in heaven, I come before you this day and I humble myself and I ask you that you would forgive me of all my sins and that you would help me to be the steward of the blessing that you've blessed me with. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now I pray, God, for every single person who, uh, who prayed that prayer today. And I really do just stand in awe uh, here in your presence with your people. This, this moment really matters to you. And it really matters to me. This is a, a pivotal moment. And so, God, I just pray that you'd strengthen the prayer of everyone's heart today, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I really do trust that this word has uh, inspired you and blessed you in some way today. Um, it really is all before us. Hey, like it really is. It's all before us. Why don't you consider being the blessing to someone straight after church uh, with perhaps buying someone a coffee in the cafe? Um, pardon? Yeah, and a coffee mug. Most of the mugs have gone, which is really good. They're $20 each only and the profits they go into the uh, the building fund oh one day one day a building one day god will give us i believe a building if there's anyone here on site or online it's like you know maybe you're sitting on a nest egg i don't know and you've been wondering about what to do or you just want to talk about it in general please come and see me and i can answer any questions that you might have. But we're going to close uh, our service today with every day. And I really do pray that uh, this would not just be a song, but an anthem that every day we would live for him. Thanks, team. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.